hello, hello, OdaFest podcast listeners. This is Angelo, and I'm here with Nancy and Jay. I'm back. Hello, hello. She's alive. I survived the migraine. She back. We she did front. not bury her in the woods. She's the sides. This time. She's 360, no scoping. She's back. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Welcome back. Oh. Oh. We have not one, not two, but three guests. <gasps> Please welcome Erica Lindbeck, Billy Kometz, and Brandon Hunter. Did you know that Erica Lindbeck is an LA-based actress who holds her Bachelor of Arts from UCLA's School of Theater? film and television. She's well known for playing a variety of roles, including starring as Talia and Zoe in League of Legends, Kaori Miyazono in Your Lie in April. Oh, I loved that one. Ellie Ayase in Love Live School Idol Project and Emma Skye in Ace Attorney 6. For more news, announcements and such, find Erica on Twitter and Instagram at Erica Lindbeck. As well, we've got Billy Kometz, who is an actor from Hershey, Pennsylvania, who now lives in the Los Angeles area. Since that time, Billy has been fortunate enough to lend his voice to many popular anime, video games, and cartoons, such as Josuke in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Ferdinand von Azure in Fire Emblem Three Houses, Gallo in Promare, Rui in Demon Slayer, and White Blood Cell in Cells at Work. Keep up with Billy on Twitter and Instagram at Billy Kometz. After 20 years as a voice actor for anime, cartoons, and video games, Brendan Hunter has been in many iconic and influential products. He is perhaps best known as Hisoka from Hunter Hunter, Tinshinan from Dragon Ball, and in Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT. As Oob. While all three guests were able to share their stories and help host content during our live streamed OdaFest 2021, we are ecstatic to bring them to you in person at OdaFest 2022. And again, a quick reminder that OdaFest 2022 will be a two-day event rather than our usual three-day event. In keeping the interests of everyone's health, we'll be requiring that all attendees have masks and will be checking for vaccinations. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We did not take five takes to get through the news. No, absolutely not. I'm just going to put it out there. Absolutely not. First try, every try. Nailed it. First try, second try. Every time. Mm -hmm. ah, but that's right, everybody. We've got Erica Lindbeck, Billy Kometz, and Brendan Hunter, three excellent voice actors who I'm sure every single one of you has heard at least one of their performances. In fact, Erica Lindbeck is so prolific. I, I remember last time we announced her for the live streamed event, I was looking her up and I was like, holy cow, she is awesome. All of these she's characters. She's been so many she, things. She, she's in everything. At once. Oh, my lord. And it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, she's got range. She's got talent. She's got everything in every series that you probably like. Oh, my god. I mentioned god. this last time when we were leading up to OdaFest 2021 during the live stream thing. And I was like, did you guys know that Erica Lindbeck is Barbie? She's been the Barbie voice for as long as I could remember. 
And it was just something that was so totally outside of the anime sphere, but still had so much impact on like nostalgia and such. And it was just like, that is so cool. Are the Barbie movies like well well made? I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen one. Uh. I actually remember a little piece of trivia. A lot of those Barbie, like the 3D Barbie movies and Mm -hmm. such that were straight Mm -hmm. to video. They were made by the same studio that did reboot. What? Oh, okay. What? Yes. Cool. Uh, once they Mainframe media. Once they were no longer able to write their own stories, once they had to uh, make producers happy, mm-hmm. they started uh, just commissioning out their work, and they did a lot of 3D Barbie movies. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. I had no idea. I remember how in reboot they always like baked in some uh, unhappy jokes about censorship and like always making the board happy and i guess i guess that was just part of the writing like they were allowed to inject those subtle undertones into everything so for their first season for the first season of reboot uh the publisher that they were working with was really overbearing Mm. and really controlling Mm -hmm. i don't even remember what publisher it was i don't remember and then eventually ytv kind of commissioned them for more reboot Mm -hmm. and they just told them you know what go crazy go nuts do your thing. Uh, as an example, Enzo, as a character, was never meant to exist. But because the original publisher wanted a kid character for kids to relate to, uh, to, to like self-insert yeah. as, they had to create Enzo. Oh. And quite frankly, even if they hate that, even if they weren't happy about Enzo existing and had to like write around Enzo's existence, they still, Enzo's existence created the best episode of reboot ever which was the the, the talent show episode yeah so the talent show People episode on was 100 percent like about the censorship problem because um part of the episode is that like dot and an assistant who represents the board is there to approve or disapprove of acts for the the talent show and she's there constantly saying and no ms matrix there's children in the audience and it's like that constantly it's like nope 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 next nope and it was that was the subtle joke because that was it was that was the insert for having to appease the publisher oh oh but we're not supposed to be talking about reboot we're supposed to be talking about erica billy and brendan oh my god oh my god so yes erica lindbeck is extremely good even as the voice of barbie what do you mean, Ugh. even as? How dare you? I mean, <laughs> I think let, you mean especially real. as. I'm very biased against Barbie. Wow. Uh, the truth comes out. We're canceling Angelo. In my day, real toys were things like connects and mechanics. I mean, okay, y- you got me there. It's just, I remember growing up. What does up- that even mean, real toy? <laughs> All toys are real toys. If you if you couldn't build a, a toy, stick is a it real didn't toy. Count. Literally, they made a Toy Story about this. <laughs> a I'm spoon. A real toy I didn't now. watch Toy Story. A spork three. can be a real toy. Uh, yeah, that's right. I did catch like bits and pieces of it where it's like the spork that has like a face drawn on it and pipe cleaner yeah. is like oh, a yeah. real toy. That's the, whole- the and actually cleaner. by my definition that I would have just made that if if it's a real toy only if you build it, the spork would have been more of a toy than Woody or Buzz. Exactly. I'm going to stand by that. Mm, okay. That was just me, though. I, I liked yeah. building things when I was a yeah, kid. We're getting, off a li- we're getting off track a little bit. I want to get back to our guests, 
because we'll get off into a tangent talking about other characters uh, very easily. So, oh my god, Billy Kumetz was Gallo and Promare and Rui and Demon Slayer. I, That's really cool. Yeah. And, white, and the White Those Blood two. Cell character is like, also uh, pretty pretty awesome in uh, Cells at Work. Yes. Like, Promare was such an experience. It was such a amazing experience. I saw it in theaters. And it's a good a theater experience. Lagan, being a huge Gurren Lagan theme uh, fan... Seeing seeing Kamina on the big screen with a different name, I don't mind. I don't mind. It was Kamina. And he was awesome. And he was, it was great. And he was alive. <laughs> yes, that That's too. That's nice. That too. It's nice that and your Billy favorite character is tied to that memory. Yes. If even if only in spirit. Mm-hmm. Different different animation studio, different company, different everything except the animators. And the character designer. Hell yeah. And Rui. Oh, God. The, the fight between Tanjiro and Rui in, uh, in Demon Slayer was such such an iconic turning point for, for that anime. Like, Demon Slayer, I, I enjoyed it the whole time. But when I was watching it, I was just like, yeah, this is a really good shonen series. It just, it takes the shonen formula, implements it very well. It's Bayou Fotable, so it looks very good. But otherwise, there's nothing really to, to write home about. There's nothing particularly crazy. And then the fight between Tanjiro and Rui happened. Uh, episode 19 for anyone who is who is really into it. And uh, that was the series. The, 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 the second, the minutes of animation that lifted Demon Slayer from like middle of the pack shonen in its season to like the top of everyone's charts within an hour or two hours of that episode airing people were so blown away by the animation that it was everywhere on like twitter everywhere on social media everywhere online and damn like that was just a part of what made demon slayer as big as it is now so like to have to have your name attached to that kind of scene, to have attached to that kind of character, it's huge. It really is. Ah, I'm hyping up Demon Slayer like it's something crazy. It's just that it really is just a very well done shonen anime. So if you like shonen, you'll probably like Demon Slayer. If you don't like shonen, you probably won't like Demon Slayer. But goddamn, Ufotable has made a very pretty anime. And uh, one of the best villains in the anime, Billy Kometz. You know what else Billy does that's really cool? He plays oh. a lot of Smash, and he oh. he welcomes people on his stream to challenge him. It's really oh. fun to watch. What characters does he main? I, you know what? I don't remember now. I watched a whole bunch oh, no. of him doing that last year during OdaFest 2021. I think he likes to random. So not only is he styling on all these fools... He's doing it on random. Oh my lord! It's oh fun. my god! It's fun. He really gets into that it. That takes. It, that's one thing. Like when I when I like uh, fighting games, and I guess at this point I have to admit that I lose the the debate on whether Smash is a fighting game or not. Uh, when I How play fighting games, fighting game? I like to try. I, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> I just, okay, okay. Let, like, here's a, like here's, here's a simple question. 
what other kind of game so, is it supposed to be? That's the weird thing. Like, I would, I would have argued that Smash is its own genre of game. And when you get different entries into that genre, like Sony Smash Bros., what was it, uh, PlayStation All-Stars, mm. and the, the more recent uh, Nickelodeon Brawl? What did they call it? Nickelodeon All-Star Smash? I don't even know. The, one, the, one, the Nickelodeon one. The one with Powdered Toast Man. Uh, I feel like that's where it actually does become its own genre. Just as like a 2D fighter, like Street Fighter or Skullgirls, is different from 3D fighters like uh, like Soul Calibur or Tekken. Like they're very, very different feeling kind of fighting games. And for the longest time, like honestly, this has been a, a, an, a debate since the Melee days. Is Smash, is Smash a fighting game? I was firmly on the no side of that for the longest time. But I kind of have to just give up and accept defeat on this one. That Smash is not only a fighting game, it's probably the most comp- the most popular fighting game out there now. I mean, I think Anyway. I think it's probably been pretty popular for at least a few years, Angelo. <laughs> just just a few uh-huh. in my day, there was only 12 characters and you had to unlock four of them uh i i actually appreciate that that going on random and just choosing whichever character you want kind of approach because when i buy a video game i buy all the video game i'm going to play every single one i need to play every character from ryu to akuma to dan to sakura to El Fuerte, none of the grapplers, and that's how I like it. And uh, so people who, who like, just sit on one character and uh, and just main that one character, I'm not saying that's invalid, but the person who can school you on every character in the roster, that's badass. Sure. I mean, skill is skill. Good gamer is good gamer. You're, you're, you're just... Saying that because you're a cami name. Uh, good gamer is good gamer. I don't know what else you want me to say about that. Anyways, we're also welcoming back our local and very cor- uh, cordial host um, and voice acting talent, Brendan Hunter. Uh, Brendan's just a really a cool personality honestly he helped us out and hosted our uh, family feud uh between odafest and animathon during our 2021 uh live stream event and he's coming back to odafest we've had him a few times before um he like we've already mentioned a few of his roles uh, sort of classic roles uh especially known as like uh tian from dragon ball um as Oob uh, in GT, and Oob is sort of like one of those weird but like popular characters who was like overpowered, but he's not like a Saiyan for once, and he's just a regular human technically. Um, so I always thought that was kind of cool. Brendan has been very, very uh, gracious uh, every time we've invited him out. He is basically, you know, one of the best local talents. Uh, a- local anime con can ask for and he's always help happy to show up uh meet new fans you know reconnect with old ones um and i think 
you know, as much as it's cool to sort of have, you know, we have some big names coming in as, as usual and Brendan is a big local name and it kind of shows that, you know, if you're aspiring to be in the voice actor space, the local voice actor space starting out, um, he's a great way to uh, uh, show how you get started and, you know, the kind of roles you can inhabit and the roles that you play uh, as a guest as well at cons and things like that, because there's a lot more to, you know, the work than just lending your voice as a talent. And that's like your, your bread and butter on the regular, but like how you conduct yourself as a professional, I think um, just having him around is always, I think is just such a cool thing. Um, but I mean, I, I can only say so much to that, to that aspect, I feel like, because I'm not particularly a follower of, like, actors in general or, you know, any sort of celebrity status from, you know, originating from work and talent necessarily. But, you know, just from the behind the scenes as an organizer, I really respect him and, you know, the way that he's always able to provide... Uh, a lot of his color and energy to uh, the projects he works on is very apparent. And then, I don't know, it's just something I, I've really grown to appreciate um, having him uh, in the Brendan community. Brendan is entirely different level of inspiring for me whenever we get together and talk shop. Um, I like to hang out in his courses for fun. His courses for voice acting are a lot of fun. Um, he's just, yeah, all kinds of inspiring, um, all kinds of awesome. He's just a really friendly, happy dude. I've been, I've had the, the luck to talk to him a little bit before and a little bit after some of his panels. And yeah, I just want to say he's so nice, mm -hmm. really charismatic, a wealth of knowledge. God damn, th that dude knows a whole lot about a lot of different fields and, uh, God damn, his facial hair is on point. True. Mm-hmm. It's true. And he's been rocking this look and refining it for years now. And I just, I love it. One year he sent me a happy birthday video. And it was just, you know, him being his his character. And I loved it. Ugh. Uh, Brandon Hunter is just always, always. He's a treasure. So nice to have at Odafest. He's a Calgarian treasure. I love him. Yeah. So about those Calgarian treasures... There was just last night, and by last night, I mean just last weekend, an Asian Heritage Night Market here in Calgary, right outside of City Hall. It was also inside City Hall. It was also inside City Hall. Yes. Cool. Tell us about it, Jay. It was an Asian Heritage Night Market inside and outside of City Hall. Can it you was tell pretty cool. us about some of the special like features that, that were there that you wouldn't well, see normally? So the number one thing that sort of popped up to me, it's the, so it was their first annual uh, Asian Heritage uh, Night Market. So the first time they've ever done it. Um, City Hall, if anyone's ever been there, is not exactly a large venue. Like it's tall, but those are not public areas. You know, those are like work offices for public servants. And otherwise it was just like in the main atrium area and it's sort of like the main plaza had a few things. It was also hosted as part of um, 
Chinook Blast, which is sort of this mostly outdoors uh, kind of festival. Well, festival is not right, but it's sort of like a um, arts and culture event uh, that's usually held during like January, February to kind of bring people outside, enjoy the weather when even though it's a little bit cold and sort of it's, it's sort of like a beaker head in that regard. But anyway, so Asian Heritage uh, Night Festival, first time they ever ran it. Um, the number one thing that I liked a lot is that it was truly Asian heritage. And what that really means is like people don't really think of India, for example, as being Asian, but they are by pretty much any definition of like the context. Um, I think they're considered South Asian, um, whereas, you know, there's Central Asia, Eastern, Western Asia, all sorts of different things. So what that really comes down to is that Asian Heritage Night Market, they had Indonesian, they had Indian, they had uh, Korean and Japanese and Philippines and Chinese and... Uh, I'm sure there's probably some areas that I just straight up missed. There were everything from, there was like a little stage. They did uh, a lot of sort of cultural uh, um, performances, everything from like karaoke to traditional dances to uh, like wushu performances. And considering that they are only, they only ran for like two evenings i think it is technically they ran last night which was friday night and then i think they ran for more time on saturday but that's still like a day and a half at most they did a lot and they had a lot of content going um you know considering the size of the event as someone who you know runs things in a similar type of space and similar type of you know uh, uh, atmosphere let's say we can appreciate sort of how much work goes goes into it and how much content you're generating because a lot of the time when you're a smaller event you can sort of be left feeling a little empty but I would say that um, it, it was full of energy uh, the people seemed to be into it there were lots of different folks from lots of different backgrounds doing you know um, all sorts of uh, booths that were available, vendor booths, and some booths weren't even really vendors. They were just sort of participation booths. We At the Korean booth, I learned how to write my name in Korean. Uh, and then we also played some Dedakji, uh, uh, which is the, like, in Squid Game, it's that first game that they encounter where you have to flip a piece of square paper using another mm -hmm. oh, piece of folded square paper. Fun. I've played it before, but it was really fun. And uh, yeah, like it, it's just lots of different cool experiences. Uh, um, I would say that they made the best of the city hall space. And I don't mean anything bad by that, but city hall space isn't sort of conducive to, um, you know, for example, Odafest, we run a lot of community panels, which would be sort of the equivalent of what I was telling you about, like the Korean art space that they sort of had going on. But uh, they made, again, the best of all the areas that they had, um, all the space that was available to them. And I want to like huge kudos 
to all the work that uh, I presume a lot of volunteers were involved. Um, and I wish I'd known about it. I, this sounds like an awesome thing. Well, I would say to. that Chinook Blast is, is, a, is a thing to check out in general. And Chinook Blast goes on to the end of February, I believe. They have lots of different events everywhere, but they're all centered through downtown. Um, a lot of it's on like Stephen Ave and Olympic Plaza. And then, Ooh. yeah, and then there's also like, uh, like short term events within that like three to four week span that is Chinook Blast. So things like a Asian Night Market pop up now, and that's really cool. That is really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Damn. Um, but yeah, I remember that awesome. there was like a Bollywood uh, booth. There was a cool. martial arts booth. There were like. Uh, all sorts of food booths, like in the Indonesia place had some food. I don't remember one of the other cultures that had some food. Um, and then there was a third one that was more like, I want to say somewhere in Central Asia, sort of, or maybe it was like Sri Lankan or something like that. Anyway, there was like a lot. And again, the, the atrium of City Hall is not huge. Uh, it's probably on par with most like community halls in Calgary at most really in terms of like that usable space. But, um, it felt really good. A lot of, a lot of turnout as well. So like gives me hope that, you know, Odafest 2022 is going to be, you know, able to run in its full glory. Um, you know, considering it's indoors and how people feel about that is up to them, but, um, it's Mm kind of nice to see, that feel because we you know otherwise we've missed things like omatsuri for example right mm-hmm. as well so it scratched a very very itchy bit Itch. that, yes so i was looking up uh chinook blast events that are still going on and they're having a block heater event with chantal kraviezuk Oh, a block heater event. that's, yeah. th- that's a name I haven't heard in a while, but I respect, I, I respect. Right? Okay. I need to know what a block heater event is because I am imagining just plugging in your car right it is. now. You, you go to the event to plug in Hell your car. Yeah. <laughs> no, block heater is an offshoot event, uh, organized, created and organized by the folks at Calgary Folk Music Festival, C- CFMF. Um, so block heater is just like a, they usually do uh, this. I think this is the third or fourth year they've run. I think this is maybe the second time at least that they've run concurrently with and like organized with, um, Chinook blasts and yeah, it's a music festival, mostly focusing on Canadian, uh, folk music talent. Um, they're at usually like, Olympic Plaza and maybe one other venue, but of course, pandemic is still ongoing. So I know that at the very least they're at Chinook, or sorry, they're at uh, Canada Olympic Plaza, but I don't know if they have another venue. But I know that they had run at Calgary Folk Music Festival Hall, which is in Inglewood prior. But anyways, the point being is they do a thing. And you should check it out. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In prior years, I've I've worked 
uh, like I've, I've worked with companies that have worked with block heaters. So I know a little bit more about it because I've seen their various installations. A lot of them, again, are very similar in a sense to like, uh, uh, sorry, I mentioned it earlier. I can, I can never remember the name so easily. Beakerhead. That's the one where there's a lot of like installations that are interactive in nature um they usually have like music and light incorporated into them and they usually illustrate some sort of uh you know scientific uh uh well sorry beakerhead did that but i guess they don't always do scientific at uh uh chinook blask they usually mostly do artistic in general but still that's still pretty cool yeah mm-hmm. I'd really recommend it, especially because when the weather is good, it's really nice to go out there, go grab some hot chocolate because uh, YYC Hot Chocolate Festival is still on right now. They also go through all of February. So like what me and my friends do uh, is we go out, we grab some hot chocolate, we go, you know, walk through some of these areas because Chinook Blast is all throughout the city. It's not really just it, but it's like centered in downtown. But then, you know, you would go grab another specialty hot chocolate, go walk around for another weekend kind of thing. It's nice. Nice. Yeah, I really recommend. Mm. Man, I miss so hot So, Jay, you had something else going on this week, too, didn't you? Uh, I handled a lot of meat. You handled a whole lot of meat. Oh, my we God. Made with like, your hands? Oh, my God. With these hands, I wow. made me and my friend, well, Tracy, who... Uh, is my fellow con- co-conspirator of uh, the merchandise team at OdaFest. And also when we did Made Cafe and many things, we've known each other for like 15 years at this point because we knew we met in high school. Um, but we're all very into food and we like making new things, trying new things. So we made some chorizo sausage. We made some longanisa. Um, she's made sausage before. I haven't. Um this is my first time, so we made like we we ground up some spices and uh, porter uh, porter. I mess I did that thing where you mess up words. Mortal and pestle is what I was trying to say, <laughs> but I was gonna say porter and messel. Nice. Um, yeah, that and sounds like a perfect band name. Yes, we made like uh like eight or nine pounds of meat. Dang, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot of. And sausage. then we made some brisket because they have a she has a smoker. So we made smoked sausages, smoked oh my brisket, God. smoked chicken, smoked pork Meat chops. Night. It was good. Meat night. You were smoking all the goddamn mm-hmm. stuff. Actually, yeah, just like a pork night, huh? Uh, no, well, sausage. the sausages were beef and pork. Then we had chicken. Okay. The brisket was, of course, beef. The brisket So there was, was a variety, okay. variety. It was just a meat night. That sounds great. Yeah, there were meat sweats all around. It was pretty good, though. We did not have a side. Devouring every animal that crossed we the land. We didn't have any sides. We didn't have vegetables or starch. We only had meat. And now that I realize that, I'm like, I'm not getting any younger. I need to eat better than that. Oh, boy. That, it was a keto night. Yeah, truly. Mm-hmm. Truly. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Angela, you also, Earlier you, this you week, also did food. Earlier this week, uh, Dio and I, we went out for a nice little little ramen date, and uh, it was very nice, very fun. We went down to uh, we went down to Jinya. I had been there before. Dio apparently had been, and uh, we had we had some nice ramen. Uh, we also got some of the uh, some of the soda that was on the menu. 
There were some that we hadn't seen before. One was a white peach soda. Another one was a melon soda. Oh, those both sound amazing. I know, right? They were so they were so interesting sounding. And so I got the white peach one. I I tell you, this soda tasted like fuzzy peaches, like the candy. It was unreal how how simultaneously sweet it was, but like it it's it's kind of weird when you have a taste that is so close to one certain kind of food but then it has a completely different texture mm -hmm. when it is in liquid form it just it blows your mind the the melon soda was also really tasty deal let me have a sip of that and uh it reminded me i think it was uh ramene that it reminded me of mm. interesting but it was just really good really good mhm mm and the other things that we had, like we had ramen there. We had some ramen. I had uh, some reasonably spicy ramen. I realized that now. Uh, I, I went to a, I went, they said that they have like a spiciness scale of like zero to 10. They do? And I was like, well, I haven't been here before. I don't know what the 10 is. And I really want to enjoy the meal rather than like be challenged by the meal. So I'll just go with a seven. <laughs> and that was pretty damn good. I, Judging by their seven, judging by their seven, I easily could have taken on the ten, no problem. But uh, it was a very enjoyable level of spicy. the The pork chashu that was in the in the ramen was so good. It was like a thick cut. It was juicy. It was tender. It was ah, uh, mm, yes. I wish I could go out for fresh it, it ramen. Was, Jinya is great. It was if you exceptionally want, enjoyable. Wait, why can't you? Nancy, it feels uh, like there's a... It just hasn't been something that's realistically fit into my schedule in the last little bit, a little bit because we're trying to space out visits because we want to be the insulating buffer with people. So if we see someone, usually we don't like see other people for like two or three days. So just given what our schedule has been like lately, just haven't had time to just go out and have a ramen date. That's fair. I was like, we can go out. Nancy is the responsible human. <laughs> it was like, if there wasn't anything else, I was, I'd be happy to go. Especially Virginia. Yeah. Virginia is always yeah. good. Uh, I also had, they, they had this little pork chashu bun. Mm -hmm. Like they call it a Virginia bun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it reminded me so much of, of New Year's duck. Mm. And it, it, it brought back memories and it made me sad that I missed duck this year. Too. Oh, it had that that nice fluffy bun that was almost like like dim sum dough. It had it had the all the right toppings, but then instead of duck, it had like a nice thick piece of juicy tender pork chashu. And I was like, oh my god, ah, my mouth is watering just thinking of it. That's dangerous. It's dangerous. To I'll even go think for about I'll it. go for noodle soup. Pretty much. Anytime anyone asks, I will pretty much go. All right. If it's pho, absolutely. If we go for uh, uh, hand-pulled noodles, definitely. If we go for ramen, most certainly. Just ask. Maybe I should start yeah. like scheduling in uh, food dates in my calendar and just be like, okay, this is the Tuesday where we go for ramen. Let's see who wants to go with us. And then... Maybe we should. Following maybe we should. We could. We could record live, 
sometime <laughs> soon together. We'll, we'll have the sweet, soothing dinner. sound of like the din of a restaurant behind us. Oh, no, I meant, well, shit, I don't know if we could do that because... <laughs> I don't think we could. Our microphones would pick up everything. Yeah, the microphones would pick up it everything. Really would. And like the restaurant would have to work around us and I would feel bad about that. Yeah. We're not, we're, we're nobody special. <laughs> They're like, who are these idiots? <laughs> and why do I have to put my ramen bowl around their recording equipment? <laughs> yeah. I, I, the worst thing for me is to inconvenience someone. So I try really hard not to do so. Mm. That is fair. But yeah, anytime, Man. anytime you want to go, just say so. We'll find a time. We we definitely need to get them noodles. noodles. We definitely need to get them, especially soups. when it's still nice and cold. Like honestly, like I I I will have fun in the middle of summer. I don't mind, but like when it's winter, it is like soup mode. I would have if I could, if it was reasonable to do so, I would have soup noodle. Uh, noodle soup. I'm pretty sure that I made day. my my feelings on like restaurant soups made made known on the podcast before mm. i don't know what it is about ramen maybe it's just that i'm a weeb but ramen is absolutely something that i'll have but like you say jay there's something special like when you have ramen when you have that nice spicy hot Five. bowl of ramen and then you go out into the streets it's it's still winter out full. maybe it's like negative two negative three out you have a nice a nice a deep breath of cold air it helps like cool down your mouth your lungs but then you exhale and you just you feel the smell of ramen it's like true. waft through your mask up your nose. <laughs> yes. There's something feel all warm from the inside. Yeah. It's just very weather appropriate. S- like it's soothing. It's yeah, weather appropriate. It's right for the season. I don't know. Anyways, I'm already don't I I'm happy I had dinner. Honestly. I had I had dinner before this cuz I'd be angry Same. right now. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Totes. Ah. Ah. But another thing that happened to me. So, uh, for quite a while, for, for a good few, many years, I've personally been into pixel art quite a bit. I've been, not gonna mm. lie, I've been dabbling in those crunchy pixels in MS Paint since high school. And uh, over the last couple of years of streaming, a lot of people have been like, hey, when are you going to start opening up commissions to be to, to get other people to to get drawn by you? And I was like, I don't know, maybe maybe later. And so the other night, the other night, uh, Thursday night, I think it was, I just did not sleep at all, at all. I went to bed. I I went to bed the Wednesday, and it was like midnight. And 2.30 in the morning, I'm just wide awake. And I'm like, why haven't I fallen asleep yet? I'm, I, I'm legitimately tired. What's going on? So I just stay awake. And I'm on I'm on the computer until like 6.30 in the morning. Uh, eventually, like, I think it was like 4 in the morning. I was like, I'm going to put together a price list. I'm going to put together a web page for this. I am going to put out there that I'm finally doing pixel art uh, pixel art commissions and see what happens. So I did that bleary-eyed, barely, barely sentient 
And uh, today I finally got my first ordered commission. Hell yeah. That's so awesome. Congratulations. It's it's a good feeling, you know? I'm so proud of you. It's 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 finally making money off of the skill you've you've honed over half your life. If you Actually, after this commission, I have I have officially made more from pixel art than I have from game development ever. Wow. Congrats. I am professional pixel artist. And that's that's a cool feeling. But, uh, Nancy, you were saying that you've done some commission stuff in the past, too? I have. I don't actively advertise this, even though I maybe should. Um, I do, like, sound bites for people. So, uh, sometimes game developers just need, like, we don't need spoken lines, but we need, like, someone to sigh and, like, make an impatient sound or, you know, that sort of thing. So, really small sound bites. Or, or like, someone's asked me to do... Uh, like a voicemail message for them before. Like, can you just do like a super cute, um, whispery kind of character? And I just want you to say that, hi, you've reached this person's phone. And if you leave a message, maybe they'll get back to you or something like that. And yeah, like voice commissions are actually a lot of fun. I don't advertise it. And maybe I really should hearing you say that. That's super interesting. Like, I didn't I didn't really know that until I asked you right before recording this podcast. And that's actually super cool. Uh, I never even thought of having commissioning someone else for uh, for my voicemail message. I didn't think that was. That's, I didn't that's even definitely think of that a, thing. a thing. Uh, some cons will even sell that as a service when you're like meeting the guests. If you want a voice actor, really? yeah, they'll be like they'll obviously they'll talk over uh, that as part of their agreement with the voice actor, and then it'll be like, hey, you can have a ten or fifteen seconds sort of like. You know, like like you know how like there's that service uh, called Cameo. It's the equivalent of that, but you know they're just recording something for you personally onto maybe your phone or something like that, like a quick message. So that's always a thing. That's super. Something cool. that I had uh, that I had to wonder about when we were talking earlier about our voice actor guests and especially about sort of all the roles that they inhabit, all the variety that they inhabit, and no doubt that they take a lot of. Um, uh, uh, projects at the same time, like you know, the, while they're you know, one day they might be recording for you know X uh, anime, but then they're pretty, you know, later in the day if they have time, then they're doing maybe a, a game or maybe tomorrow they're doing the game, but you know, like they're switching between a bunch of characters. Do you think, as somebody who like I have no aspiration to be a voice actor at all, but like I just have fun playing with voices sometimes, and then imitations especially but sometimes i lose a voice like i just can't get it back that day or i just can't like get back into the character for it or like the few times i've ever done live streaming sometimes we read out loud for a character that's in the game during a cutscene, but it turns out that there's 14 fucking characters and only three people doing the stream so you end up taking like oh, six no. characters and i'm like which Frickin' character was this? I wonder oh if this God. happens. I remember to voice yes. actors. I remember to when I was trying to yes, put to, to stream Fate Go and like reading the voice lines with different voices for like the twenty characters in a single uh, story bit. And after I think half an hour of trying to do this, I just gave up because I couldn't remember what voice I gave to each character anymore. Yeah. Yes, that does happen to the pros. Um, 
usually when we start a new character, like if we're working for a studio and we're actually like in a studio recording with a sound engineer and a director, projects that we start of that scale, usually what we do is we record something that's like not a slate, but it's basically you reading the line in the character and they play it for you each time you come in for another session to like refresh you on how it should sound. Oh, that's a good idea. They did it for me every time I came in uh, to Chinook Studios for a session, like every time without fail. And it was always nice, but like it wasn't as hard for me because I was only playing one main character and incidentals and incidentals are throwaways because they're never coming back. So it wasn't difficult for me, but I bet Erica has like several different slates and like sound bites to remind herself of like how to just get back into whichever role she's doing for that session. Hmm. I'm taking notes. I'm <laughs> this is this that that information is relevant to a to a side project that I can't really talk about, but this this information is relevant to a side job of mine. Ask me more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, rather so I'm I'm part of a fan dubbing project. I'm not saying exactly what project it is on the podcast. But uh, a lot of us don't really know exactly what we're doing. Uh, No one in the project, to my understanding so far, is a professional voice actor. We've got uh, two audio engineers, one video uh, editor, who is is also the organizer behind the project. And everyone else are just friends around the organizer. So it's like, well, some of us are reaching out to some professional voice actors that we are friends with. Uh, I know that I've asked Nancy some pro tips, a few different pro tips. Uh, there have been a couple of other voice actors on the fringe of the project that have added their own input as well. But it's just things like that that you don't even think to ask at first that are just... That's a good nugget of knowledge. That's very, very useful. Thank you. I'm glad you thought so. Yeah. That was an excellent question, Jay. I really appreciate that. I mean, like, it, it was uh, we just were... something that I felt like it, it was, it must be like a tornado of things because inevitably, um, you know, no matter how skilled you are, you're only going to be able to sort of handle somebody. It, it, it's just a, like, uh, there is a phenomenon, I believe, especially at very high levels of like decision making, um, where it's like decision fatigue, essentially, where you have too many things to think about, too many fingers in too many pots and and i was like you must maybe forget an aspect of a certain character if you're going into it or or i'm sure there's practice and all sorts of things but i think it's just it's funny to think that you might go into the recording booth and be like i'm sorry which character was this again (laughs) when you're doing dramatically different voices for every single character yes totally I can I can imagine that so much. Like even even on the podcast here, sometimes I'll switch narration styles in my voice from one paragraph to another. Like at one point j- during reading the news, I was almost in Dragon Ball Z narrator mode. You know, true, true. Which I totally which there understand. is a demand for, by the way. Yeah, like that's that that is my influence is growing up. Like in the nineties, mm-hmm. every movie trailer in the nineties was narrated. And if it was an action movie, you bet it was narrated in that kind of voice. Like that—that's why Dragon Ball Z was narrated that way. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's why the next time on Dragon Ball Z, that's why it sounds like that, because that's how all like action narration at the time was done. Mm. And that's what that's why I like to do it, because, hell, yeah, I grew up in the 90s and that was hel- a hell of a good time. That was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand why narration in movie trailers is gone now. I get it. In a time. Sometimes I wish it would come back. <laughs> this summer. I, I love Sometimes the I love the tropes. I, wish it would come I back. love the tropes. I love the tropes, tropes in general. Good. In in general, I love tropes, but I love narration tropes especially. It's so easy to like imitate oh, yeah. and have fun with them. Well, like monster truck them. commercial narration. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Or Demoli- demolition derby rallies. Yeah. It's like, Sunday, 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 Sunday destruction. Yeah. Yep. Or uh, when they do yes. um, uh, pro wrestling, pro wrestling announcers, and they're like, by God, Jim, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always fun. Oh. Anyways, come visit our very awesome voice actors and all of their panels and their guest spots and get your things signed and meet them in live, including Narnancy, who I know has a panel. Or two. I think it's two, or is it just one? Maybe even three. My God, that's oh my too God. high of a number for me. No, all good things no, come No, I mean, in I can't count that high. Oh, you're Gabe Newell. It's true. Oof. Oof. I wish I sleep Oof. on that pile of Americano monies. I hope Gaben's not listening. Maybe he is. Forgive Never me, Gaben. If Gaben is listening, episode three, please. <laughs> of anything, of anything. Even if it's... even. If it's like a Star Wars esque, I'll take no, no. Left for Dead. Even if it's like a Star point. Wars type of thing where they started with Episode Four, technically to start all the Star Wars franchise. If that's where we start, is a brand new IP, but it's number three of that IP. I'd be like, okay, spiritual success. The man knows number three. <laughs> spiritual successors so are saying, nice too, I guess. Yeah. There's a chance. There's always a chance. You never know. All right. On that note, thank you again for listening, and we will catch you next time. Uh, See you next time. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time.